Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of the Trading Triangle. Hope everybody had a great week. Markets are trying to make us a little unnervy, but we'll see how everybody feels. How about you, Kay? How are you feeling this week? Doing great. I did not take a single trade last week, so I'm very fresh. I'm ready to take new more trades next week. Maybe the smartest of us all. I don't know. How about you, Sean? Did you take trades last I, week? I didn't actually. No, I added to a few swing positions, but that's about it. Nothing, nothing for me, but yeah, good week overall. And I uh, had good fun watching the market pretty much. <laughs> nice. Good to hear everybody had a good week. I had a good week overall. I got a new office here. I'm very happy about that. Looks fancy. Um, I also didn't really take any trades this week. I did close out some positions, um, but you know, uh, have some cash ready for next week to see how things are. I think this coming week's going to be a big deal. So we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, let's get into the charts and start talking about the markets and trading and all the good stuff. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, we didn't, it's funny, last week I felt like was not the best in performance, but if we go through the list and we look at these names, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know you guys, I'm colorblind, we talk about that sometimes. It doesn't look terribly red to me though, is it? It's red and green, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we saw some recovery in the semiconductor space. So NVIDIA right. was down actually 10% the last week. And it made a recovery. We almost gained almost 5%. We saw some recovery in AMD. If you guys remember, AMD was dipping below. And I have my current open trade at $102 put. And now it is back over $102. And that's what you know it pushed. Also saw energy going back up again with ExxonMobil, Chevron. Um, so those were the couple of green uh, sectors that we saw last week. Yep, yep. And I know we're going to get into a couple of uh, disclaimers and other things, but real quick before we get there, how about you, Sean? Any of these names jump off the chart for you last week? No, I mean, Amazon did. I picked, I picked up some Amazon for my long-term position, but apart from that... Oh, yeah, um, something posting about it Amazon. Yeah, it just it doesn't... Like you say, it didn't feel that red, but it looks like it was, uh, judging by this, of course. But, um, yeah, just one of those strange weeks, I think, just kind of got through it with not really knowing what happened. <laughs> We'll definitely dive into some names here before we do. Um, and I'm going to pull up actually the next chart here as well while I'm, while I'm talking. Um, before before we get into it all, this, this is just a friendly reminder that we are not financial professionals. This is just some uh, fun, educational, and entertainment purposes type information coming from three guys that trade the markets every week. And this week, the Fear and Greed Index is heavily into the fear, dropped to 28 and so, uh, yeah, we try to have fun and provide entertainment here, but the, the fear, when we go from greed to fear, it's funny how greed feels a lot better. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the opportunities show up here in the fear side of this index. So definitely interested in that. Let me run through the names real quick. Um, we've got SPY here. It was only down 0.68 for the, the entire week, right? The Qs are actually, were they up or is that down? I think it's down the 10th. Either way, the Qs are flat. Um, the Diamonds DIA were down 1.36, so biggest drop there. Um, but you know, on the year, only up a percent versus the Q's up still well over 30%, 34.55 for QQQ to the positive side on the year. So, you know, nothing terrible last week. Bitcoin's now up 63%, basically, and yet the VIX popped, right? So, we had a big move up. VIX is at 1752. Is that right? Was, yep, 1752. So you would think with the VIX moving up and flirting with $18 and $20, you know, right right around the corner. Um, and we're in the fear side of the category here in the index. Like 
I don't know. I would feel, uh, I would think it'd be a lot worse numbers for the week than what I just read off. I think um, a lot has to do with the, the week prior where we saw the market completely red, not a single green anywhere. Um, with crude oil, with crude prices going up, you know, you saw more strength in Exxon and Chevron's of the world. Um, next week also is going to be pretty interesting. You have a couple events coming out. You have jobless numbers coming out. Uh, and it is expected our unemployment rate will go down. Um, we have Tesla's numbers are going to come out. So I'm going to leave that to Sean to talk about Tesla. And I think uh, the UAW strike continues. So that still is an overhang. We just got saved with, um, you know, the government is not going to shut down. I think I feel like that's the, that's like a regular drama happens every single time. You know, they'll do the drama of government shutting down. Then eventually they'll do come up with a deal and they'll move the market a little bit here and there. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I think this is a good time for adding to your long-term position. As Sean said, he was looking at Amazon. I think... Um, from a trading perspective, you got to be careful. But I think in, from an investing, now you put your investing hat and start seeing you know, where you can add to your long-term positions. Oh, I think that's right. You got to put on the investing hat. Is that what you were going to say, Sean? Yeah, exactly right. I was going to agree alongside that. It's time to, time to take the fear, set it aside, put some money to work for the long term. It's hard to do, and it never feels good. I'll be honest, I've been doing this a long time, and even when I know, and I have some stories, man, I have some stories when I didn't, and it feels worse now. I look back at names like from yeah. 2008 crisis. Uh, I remember staring at Wells Fargo. I might have told you guys this, staring at Wells Fargo at $5 a share and just never buying it because I didn't just, you know, too much fear in my head and went on to 10x that pretty easily and just pulled back whatever. But uh, yeah, so this is the time when you're thinking about long-term, the names you have conviction in, you know, Go ahead why, and why do you even go back to 2008? Look at 2020 when we had I that know. major week crash. When we had that crash, um, well, I took advantage of... then. Uh, you, so that's, that's good. Thing. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I was buying, but yeah. in 2008 I didn't, and I learned my lesson. In 2020 crash, me and my buddy, I'll just call out my buddy Steve here. We were on the phone, like, okay, this is the time to buy. Like, don't miss this, and so we did. And it was good. I was nine years old. <laughs> in 2008, I love it. I love it. Oh, no, no. I wasn't nine years old then. I thought you said 2000. <laughs> oh, 2000, I mean. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, one thing I don't think I, I think I skipped over, IWM, small caps. We're going to get into a chart about small caps a little later. So, before we do get into the charts and looking into earnings, do subscribe, hit the like button. Gives us a little bit of help there getting the word out to others to take a look at the channel. Hopefully, it helps them out with their trading like we hope it helps you. And uh, thanks again for tuning in every week. Appreciate that. All right. So let's see what earnings we have coming up this week, guys. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> you have McCormick for dividend investors. Uh, McCormick <laughs> is one for folks who likes to who likes weed. You have Tilray <laughs> and uh, Levi's. So it's a little bit of something for everybody, I guess. Yeah. Cannabis. Uh, it's, it's, it's cannabis. Okay. Cannabis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Second week of August is sorry. Second week of October is what we are waiting for. That's when the earnings yeah. kick off for the banks and we get then, the financials, right? That's what we're yeah. waiting for. Yeah, financials, and then the tech will begin. I think Netflix generally goes first, and then you'll have Tesla, Netflix, then the big eight, and then 
the fireworks will begin from there onwards. So that's not this week, the week half, is that one? Yeah, two weeks from now. Yep. Two weeks from now, yeah. Wow. And, you know, all kidding aside, the cannabis sector has been on fire because of the regulation, or, yeah, yeah regulation is probably the right Legalization, word. I guess. Yeah, and they, they passed some things to be a little bit friendlier on the financial side of operating in the sector. So a lot of names did rip higher, and uh, I wonder if that will be an interesting uh, earnings report from Tilray. To, you know, to be honest, it could be interesting if you're, investing in the space is yeah. not been an easy space to invest in though no because you know what one of the 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 draw-ins for uh cannabis stocks were that once it gets approved by this state and that state and the stock is just gonna you know go up higher it actually did not pan that way because cannabis has been approved in new york for a while now cannabis has been approved in new jersey for a while now the stock really has not gone up so if you bought those stocks at the peak of that uh frenzy you're still down from that all-time high on these stocks. On the flip side of that, um, another thing that's been getting legalized and you're seeing it in the stock price is gambling. And so sports gambling. So DraftKings, right? A year ago, they've got the deal in New York as well. And now, you know, you see it in their earnings numbers. They, they you know, the revenues are increased. And then so the stock has been bottom left, upper right all year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to watch these, uh, you know, as new uh, regulation comes out or new rules come out in different states approve different things like you'll see you'll see some movement in in both of these areas i, I like DraftKings still so i've been talking a lot about that um and then you got levi's on thursday i don't know why i pay attention to levi's i think it might it might be interesting but nothing big again this week we're waiting for financials and that's coming down the line so let's get to some charts all right i like it um starting off with spy which we like to do let me make sure I can see it nice and clean. And then I'm going to hand it over to you, Sean. I want to hear what your thoughts are. But So um, looking at SPY, I, I, I see the bounce off the 150-day moving average. That's the biggest thing on this chart for me. You know, you guys know I like the 150-day moving average. And it's, it's definitely cleanly bounced last week. The things I don't like, though, is the 50 and the 20-day the moving average have curled over, right? And... Uh, so we're definitely trending downwards here after the nice big run. This is the longest I think we've had a sell-off this year. We had one earlier this year, right? But this seems to be a little bit prolonged. So maybe we're due for a bounce. And I think next week will be super interesting right at this spot. Um, Sean, what do you think about this This chart of SPY? I think I've called the direction of SPY two weeks in a row. Which, uh, you have? How did really I forget that? So the week before, I said it was going to reject off of the, the 20 slash 50 which you can kind of see. And the, the, the last week I said it was going to uh, bounce off the 426 line. And um, yeah, maybe I'm the Messiah, who knows? But yeah, generally, um, <laughs> this week I think obviously we can we can clearly see some sort of positive action, maybe a bounce come out towards the 20. But I think, yeah, like, like you say, the 437 and especially the 444 line is going to be very, very tough to get through. Because even if we have like two amazing days, Monday, Tuesday, um, and we go up to kind of 4.37 and, you know, how the markets are these days, they're kind of a bit erratic. Um, that 4.44 level will prove psychologically difficult for investors, for traders, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and no real kind of news to kind of take it through that. Um, yes, we have um, obviously earnings coming up, so that could be a catalyst, maybe with the big, big, um, big tech stocks come, coming through with good earnings, that would obviously push the market up. Um, but yeah, I, I think trading side which is probably the best possible way i don't know if you agree both of you 
um, maybe between this 426 level and 444, we've traded sideways for a bit until, you know, all the other moving averages, the bigger ones kind of come up and out to support potentially. I think 444 is going to be tough. What do, we, what do you think, Kay? I think um, I agree with that. And I think the next catalyst is really the earnings. There is really not much going on between this week and the week following. Uh, most of the major news is over, right? Um, Jerome Paul already spoke. We don't have an FOMC coming up anytime soon. Uh, and you can see that uh, the put-to-call ratio for 10-6 expiration on SPY is 2.29. So you have 600,000 plus put options versus only 267,000 call options. So a lot more hedging going on next week. And that probably has to do with your fear and greed. As you can see, we last week we were, you know, we were, we were in the fear category. The week probably we were in neutral, but getting towards the greed and then just we are back again to the fear. And there's just a lot more fear in the market. Um, interestingly, though, and I spoke about this last week, I did see an interview for Bank of America analysts. They are expecting higher, um, you know, S&P um, price point at the end of the year. So we, that we could see that, you know, we could see this nice pullback here and then we go for the next um, on an all-time high for S&P 500 by end of the year. But again, that's not going to be a one-day event. That's going to be, that's going to play out like this. You're talking Q4. Yeah, which which we are in now, actually. Officially today, we are in Q4. We have started Q4. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of money managers out there that need to catch up. They started off the year behind the eight ball. Because remember, I think we talked about this a few times now, but it's worth repeating. We had, you know, a lot of fear and a lot of risk off to start the year. And tech stocks just took off, right? The big tech stocks really rallied. It was almost looked at as a flight to safety, right? Um, talked a lot about about that. The, about that flight to safety into these big tech names. And then now you've got them leading the way. Well, those those that did not get in and catch that ride are, are going to be trying to play catch up here in Q4, I think. So it's something to think about. They're going to be putting money to work that might have been on the sidelines previously. Um, I'll note too, the just getting back to the chart, MACD and RSI are both trending lower. So relative strength in the RSI, it, it's getting down to, you know, you want to say oversold, but getting there? I think I don't think it's oversold just yet, um, but it is as low as it's been for sure. And last time we got this low, we did get a little bit of a bounce. So for the week and trading just the upcoming week, you might see some positive moves. It'll be good to see because I am tired of pulling back. We've done enough of that. We do also have CPR on the 12th of this month. So that's not this week, but week after. It's actually yeah. quite soon than I thought. Yeah. yeah. So next week you have jobs numbers that comes out, unemployment, right? And then you'll yeah. have CPI. But what I was about to say is uh, this is a time actually you can use these pullbacks to add to your you know, ETFs of SPY and QQQ. These are the yeah. times that you add on these pullbacks, not like when it's going ripping higher. That reminds me, Kay. I, I heard this weekend, I was listening to some podcasts as I like to do on the weekends, Sean, did you know that in Europe there's a ETF, Yoda? There's a Yoda ETF? No I, way. I literally have I'm, no idea what's in it. But I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you got to check that out. Let me know what you think. I uh, I heard that, um, I think it was Trillions or uh, maybe it was Odd Lots. It was one of those two. Great podcast, by the way. Um, okay, cool. So keeping it moving. Spy, you know, I think that's a good, good point and a good, a good thing to move forward with, Kay, is that you got some opportunities at dollar cost average for your long-term portfolio. So 
think about it that way. And then also if you're trading in the short term and things are moving to the downside, you can trade that, right? So, all right, let's keep it moving. It's a, it's a space ETF. It's space. Okay. I know. How cool is that? Well, we should have known really, shouldn't we? Yoda. I guess that seems obvious. It'd either be yeah. that or like the entertainment industry, something like that. Yeah, but, as you uh, that's cool. I'll have to look into that one, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, okay, by the way, you mentioned the jobs numbers coming out and we've had a lot of strikes, uh, you know, a lot of news about around strikes. I think um, that's going to continue. Sounds like it might be getting kind of contagious, so to speak. And you get a lot of other uh, unions starting to follow suit. So we'll see how that plays out and if it impacts the economy here. Um, but, you know, us, we're trading week by week and looking at cues here, looking at the charts, it got a nice bounce. Um, we were looking for exactly that, right? So I uh, got the bounce off of about what I've noted here at 354.18. Targeting a move back up to 371 would be nice, but you've got the 50-day moving average right there, the 20-day. And it might not be so clear on the chart, but you guys, I added in an anchored um, view app from the, the highs, from the most recent high here. And that's coming in right at the 50-day moving average at the same 371 level. So there's just a lot of resistance, I think, at that level. But RSI is ticked up and technology is looking a little bit stronger. And, you know, I think, Kay, you just mentioned that semiconductors are looking pretty good or at least turn the corner. Yep. So, yep, I think with uh, all of that in mind and considering the holdings in queue, in the queues, um, we could see a return to higher levels. But, again, 371 is going to be tough, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, I see uh, a bit of a lower low we've just set. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of charts over the weekend on Twitter, well, X, sorry, um, that lots of stocks are kind of coming down like a, a flag, um, like a channel, a kind of downward channel. And you can kind of see it here as well with the QQQ. If you drew a line across the, the, the obviously the highs and, and the lows at the bottom, um, but going towards that kind of channel high, we're kind of coincide with that 371 level as well. So, um, yeah, I think we're kind of traveling in that kind of range at the moment, but a bit like a spy. That is a lower low, though. You're right. Good note. And um, from an option standpoint, it's pretty similar to spy. Um, on the 10.6, you have a lot more put options. So 1.61 is the put-to-call ratio, so still a lot of hedging going on, even in QQQ. Okay. Well, that's not surprising. Um, I do like the bounce, though. I'm going to stay optimistic here. I think we might see some more upside, but if 354 gives out, um, I think 346.51 is what I got next. So, you know, another 10 points roughly you could drop, um, eight to 10 points, and then you got the 150 day sliding up there at that level. So, yeah, I think, like I said, I, I feel like we pulled back enough. I'm ready to continue upwards, but we'll see what we get. You're the bullish one now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm turning bullish. I'm tired of this. Because, because Sean is no longer bullish. That's the problem. Our bullish trader is now becoming a bearish trader. That's the problem. Well, well, yeah, Sean, what did you say this week, you think? What's your prediction for SPY? Can <laughs> you go back to the chart? <laughs> Let's go back. I can't Let's remember what the level was. I think we trade back up to 444, wasn't it? So two nice days and then back up to 444, but then I think projection off of that. Okay, so we're so going to That's what I'm going with, yeah. All right, all right. We're going up, and we're going to kind of hopefully stay there. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. And Spy, you think we're going to go move up as well? Just a curiosity. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I you know what? Yeah. I love it. I'm in the same spot. 
I have no idea if we'll be right, but you know, that's what the week will pan out. We'll see what the charts tell us. I mean, listen, you are trading. You can get into a position and close your position, you know, when you you don't have to hold your position until, you know, the market goes down again. Exactly. So well said. So that's one of the things I love about trading. You can set your your stop loss, right? We know that we've got this 354 level, for example, with the Qs. If you want to set that as your stop loss and target a move up to 371, you could trade options, you could trade the shares, but define your risk and, you know, see how it goes. I will definitely be watching Monday to see which direction the market takes and then you know, kind of trade accordingly from there. So it'll be fun. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's get into some charts. If you haven't already, do smash the like button. Thanks again for helping us out there and subscribe if you haven't. We'll be doing this every Sunday and Sean always has a bunch of good charts to go through. So Sean, hand it over to you. Yeah, so here we're obviously looking at the Tesla chart. As you can see on the left, we have the weekly and on the right, we have the daily. Um, I think we'll start off with the weekly because it looks a little bit more bullish. I know I had my bearish hat on earlier, but we're going to go with the bullish hat now. And then um, you can see a nice little kind of recovery this week just gone from the 20 moving average and the trend line. Um, you can kind of see coming up there as well. So that's a couple of points of confluence for Tesla there. The only thing I'm a bit skeptical about is the kind of retreat back up to the previous week, which is a big black bar, as you can see there which is obviously negative price action. I would have liked it to come maybe at least 50% all the way up there um, to kind of 260. Um, but you can't have it all. And obviously with the market being the way the market is now, I think Tesla's actually done quite well um, to kind of regain that kind of uh, two two points of the 20 moving average and the trend line. Um, we also have 230 underneath there as well. It's kind of hanging around. It's not the most cemented support line, but it's there. Uh, but I think trading within this wedge uh, on the weekly, at least going into kind of, what is that, November to the end of the wedge um, is the key for, for for Tesla. Now, on the daily, if you look on the right, you can see a little bit more challenging, a bit like the spine we just saw. Um, again, you have the trend line there, but it, we're kind of rejecting off the 20 moving average, should we say, and the 50, as you can see, the, the yellow and the blue line there. Um, if we reject that... Exactly, yeah. If we, if we reject <laughs> off that quite hard, um, I could see, obviously, Tesla's quite an emotional stock. It, it kind of goes up and it goes down really kind of volatility-wise, um, should we say. But if we can break that, again, I'm putting my bearish hat on now, uh, on, the daily, on the daily chart. If we break that trend line and we go through 2.30, I think it could go quite nastily. I think we go down to kind of 2.11, 2.04. Um, but that's how I perceive the chart. I'm hoping you guys say something different. Perhaps um, I didn't put volume in because it's just flat. There's nothing to see on the volume. So that's why you don't see okay. that. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to jump in real quick and say that on, on the weekly here, I actually like this setup for next week. So if we get back up, so you mentioned this past week, we had this nice recovery. Um, and then, but the week prior was that long you know, drawdown. If we can recover that 50% mark that you were talk, talking about, if we get like to about 260 this coming week and close at 260 or higher, um, I, I would think that's a nice strong recovery and we'd be setting up for a break to the upside of that wedge potentially. At least it would feel like um, the, you know, the buyers are still there and still pushing for upside Momentum, versus yeah. if it just reverse, if we go lower next week, um, we'll really test the bottom of that wedge, right? And uh, we'll have rejected off the 50 day moving average I think that that would be pretty negative uh, for the the next month or so, just the setup anyways, right? So that's that's where I'm headed. And I, I'm hoping that we get that 50, you know, 260 is the target for me for Tesla this week. I have a opinion 
which matches Sean. And the reason is because Tesla is going to report its delivery numbers next week. And it's expected to be lower than the last quarter. And if that's going to happen, um, I think there will be a lot more selling pressure that may push the stock down. Yep. yep. Yeah, the delivery numbers could have have an impact there. That's a good point. Not to be yeah. overlooked. All right, Sean, but, keep it rolling. But that gives you an opportunity to buy Tesla for long term. See, it, it works both ways, right? If t- stock is going up, you trade, you sell, you make profit. If it goes down, you buy, you hold for long term. I think if you're if you're breaking a trend line with that news, for, as an example, if you break the trend line, wouldn't you wait for the next support line to add then? Because right, if you break the trend line, if you are oh, okay, bad deliveries, that was going to add, um, but then you, the break hasn't fully broken. If that makes sense. So you've got to wait for two thirty. You've got to wait for two eleven to add. Would you agree with that? I do agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. you wait for that support. Find some knowledge. Floating. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to catch a falling knife, right? That's the good old saying. Exactly. Yeah. Believe me, I've tried. Oh. I have some scars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next, Sean? Oh, see, do you know what? I made this, uh, well, Neo's back, as you can see. Um, I made this uh, this kind of visual, and I was hoping you, you can could see, see the bars. And you kind of can. They're kind of coming out of your head. Um, but, yeah, we had deliveries come out today because it's the first of the month, and they were obviously 15,641, as you can see there. Uh, oh no, you can put it back. It's all right. It's only months. All right. But people can work it out. People can work it out. <laughs> um, but we can see, we can see deliveries came out today. Not so great, I, I think. It's a record-breaking quarter, but still, it's not maintaining what William Lee kind of guided around 20k until the end of the year. Um, but I'm kind of thinking maybe they they held some orders back um, to make Q4 maybe look a bit better from from the off. Um, so maybe Ooh, they held the there. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It really does. With these kind of companies competing against each other, um, it, it does happen. You can see it in retail as well and holding, like, you know, if you buy a kitchen, the p- people hold it for the next week, you know, for example. Um, but generally, getting back to the actual charts, we, <laughs> this is the Neo one-week chart. And we can see on the first orange line, which is declining, we're a big 51% down. And that's in the space of, so that's eight bars, that's two two months. What an absolutely insane drop. Um, I know it's a volatile stock, but that's a, a, a really big drop, I think, for Neo. You can kind of see it, obviously, back in the chart. But that was different news, different um, catalysts kind of making that happen. And my end-of-year price target is looking a little bit more shabby now. You can see that $20 level all the way up there. And that, and that goes down to a 121%. Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe I'm doubting myself slightly, and I'm going to stay with it because you know I'm going to stick with it. Maybe I'm doubting it slightly, but I'm, I, it's a big move, um, and especially even if deliveries come in massively, um, you know, obviously all the technology is there and the infrastructure is already there, so there's nothing we really can really improve on. The models have been, you know, you know they're out now. Uh, people know what they are, and um, it just depends if they can deliver and revenue. I mean, they've got a phone out now. Um, apparently that's doing quite well, uh, the Neo phone. So people buying a car often get the phone. I'm aware that I'm talking quite a lot, but I'm just going to finish off with if we can get up to kind of 14 and then kind of break through the trend line with a little bit of volume, people might get excited. You know, what's that with these stocks? Um, they see it go up 50%. Okay, go, oh, I'll buy it now. Um, that's not really how it works, but that, that's, <laughs> that's how these stocks work. Um, and with yeah. that, you might get momentum to 20. But I'm still <laughs> sticking with it, and it's still very possible because it's Neo. 
Um, it's a highly retail followed stock and it's highly volatile, high, high growth stock, that kind of thing. So 121%. Yeah, why not? What are your thoughts? Isn't uh, there any uh, partnerships for NEO that could spur the as a catalyst? Yeah, so uh, interesting you said that. There's a partnership with uh, Mercedes that's been kind right. of rumored the last month or so. Um, and that would that would do it. But I'm kind of keeping that on the down low now because it is just rumors um, at the end of the day. You know, CEOs contact each other all the time. Um, but that, that again, if that happens, then yeah, 121% is, is on, that's for sure. But I'm keeping quiet on that end, at least for me. You know, we were talking okay. about <laughs> long, long-term investing and uh, we're right at the support level. So if it does hold up and bounce uh, and move, continue to move higher, it might be a decent spot to dollar cost average if you are looking to add. Um, but yeah, the price action recently has been pretty tough, pretty tough to get behind. And actually, if you notice that the price action for Neo, the price action for SoFi, the price action for Palantir, right. very similar. Yeah, that's that's a great point, actually. All these very popular retail stocks, um, very similar action. And a lot of, I don't know, if, it just seems like there's a lot of pressure anytime um, if they make a move higher, there's a lot of selling that follows. So at least in the last few weeks, last couple of months. Back to your kind of DCA point, you can see that kind of shaded area at the bottom there, 808 to 854. Yeah. That was my buy zone that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think, and I've been mentioning on Twitter kind of throughout the last couple of weeks as well. And um, I've loaded up quite quite a few in that kind of point. Obviously, it's not financial, but it's just my kind of view on this stock. Um, and obviously, so far, it's paying off, but um, that's kind of where my thoughts were in terms of DCA and, you know, very much aligned with yours. But yeah, that's it for Neo, really. That's all I've got to say. Well, guys, yeah, you... Oh, Go ahead, John. You I, I forget you're the host sometimes. <laughs> no, I love um, it. The, the less yeah. talking I have to do, the better. So go ahead, Sean. Well, yeah. You can find me on Twitter. I'm posting a lot of charts at the moment. Um, so if you do like looking at charts, uh, I imagine you do if you're watching this. Um, obviously, go ahead and follow me over there. And obviously, YouTube, I'm doing quite a few videos now, um, kind of live as well. So I'm kind of trying out that. So do pop along and say hi. Hey, I did. I did join you this uh, past week. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good stuff. You're getting better and better every week, and it started off great. So, like, I'm really enjoying it, Sean, and I appreciate you joining us here every week. This is good. All right, let's keep it going. I've got first. um, Excuse me, FSLR. So uh, that's that's our nice transition this week, which I did not transition very smoothly to. But um, anyways, I pulled this up because there's a couple of points here that just jumped off the page to me. Number one, we're dancing around um, the 161.64 level. And that was a point that we've rejected at before and then bounced off before. So I tried to highlight that with the uh, little rectangles there right on that support line. You know, earlier in the year, that was or actually last late last year and then into early this year. And first solar moved nicely higher, right? Got all the way well above uh, 220 and almost, I think, 230, 240-ish level. But anyways, way above where it's at now, back to 160. So a big drawdown. And you're noticing this kind of descending wedge that been tapping the, up, the upper end of that just repeatedly over the past uh, several weeks. And um, now that we're at this 161 level, I find it really interesting. Like We, we broke below it, FSLR broke below, I should say. And then move back above to close out the week, just right at right at that support level. So 
if we get further breakdown this coming week, I think we'll trade at least down to the bottom of that wedge that's formed. Um, but if not, um, and we get a break above and it breaks out of that wedge, there's potential to move higher there. So I would look to target and move back to about 175 first and see how it, it acts. There's a bit of volume there around 177. Um, but you see RSI kind of ticked up. MACD's still not looking great, but RSI did tick up a little bit. So I got my eyes on for solar here to, to make a move above 161. Staying bullish, Sean. Staying bullish. I like it. And I, I think what really points out from the chart here is you, you kind of touched on it, is that kind of bigger rectangle you can see just above me. Um, that whatever kind of at 161, that explosion of um, stock price. Yeah. I think I don't know if that's a particular catalyst or not, um, whether it's a psychological level of 160, 161, that kind of area. But that really points off the chart to me. And this is one I've just written down on my chart. That's for sure. On my chart, my pad. <laughs> I've been looking at too many charts. Um, but yeah, that kind of explosion really points out to me. And I think you're right with this kind of channel. We can break out of it. Yeah, you know, I don't think I intended to take the volume out by day. I didn't, so I'll make that note to add it back in. I do know the big candle that followed that a little bit later in May. That was that was earnings. That was um, earnings. But, okay, that's I, I think, was. That was my question. I wanted to ask you. Why do you know why that we had that big, you know, gap up? Yeah, I believe that was positive earnings news. But I can go back and double check and drop drop a comment down below. Um, but yeah, since then, right, you can see it's kind of just sold off. People taking profits. It got all the way back down to this support level that it launched off of, like you mentioned, Sean. I think it's also the solar industry in general, isn't it? It's um, interest rates kind of impact it quite heavily. So maybe that's why it's kind of coming down. Absolutely. It's harder to, to um, you know, operate in this higher rates environment for these companies. So no doubt about it. Okay, anything to add for, for solar? Yeah. I mean, from an, op from an option standpoint, it has become slightly bullish from 1.28 put to call last week to 0.96, but the volume is not there. It's, the volume is like, you know, 2,700 options contract, 2,800 options contract. Uh, the following week is like 800 option contracts. So it's, very, it's not like a big options play, at least I don't see it right now. However, there are a lot of call and put options open for uh, expiration January uh, 19th, 2024. You have 61,000 put options and 38,000 call options. Okay. Those seems like mostly like leap options people have opened for long-term because January 19, 2024 is, is you know, it's um, generally, you know, that opens up as a leap option. Uh, so I, that's my assumption. That's why you have a lot more contracts over there. That's interesting. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, right. take, take a look at that and take a look at the December also. They have uh, contracts uh, like in 43,000 and 28,000. Put to put also, and call. There's also a lot more puts there as well than calls. Yeah, a lot more. Lot more. Lot more put options. That uh, could be related no, to interest rates have not been kind of talked about much more in the moment, is there? Yeah, and less incentive programs and things like that too, I believe, exist. But um, yeah, so from a purely technical standpoint, we'll see how it acts around 161. Before yeah. I jump to the next chart, I, d I just realized I mentioned earlier because I initially thought about uh, dropping the chart of IWM for small caps, and I don't have that next. Next, I have something else. So real quick, I want to touch on that. If you go and look and I actually have it on my uh, timeline posted on X, so you can check it out there as well. Um, and it's in then you don't have it everywhere. It's in my newsletter this week as well. But anyways, IWM has bounced 
firmly off of a trend line. It, it, it's been deformed starting last September. So, um, or really, yeah, last September. So it's bounced off of that line a couple of times. It bounced there in March, again in, in uh, May, and then made a nice move up to uh, the 200 level before now pulling all the way back to 175. But that is right on trend to move higher. So I, I'm looking for this to return back to 190 and see what happens there. So IWM small caps, we want that to behave well, right? Because if small caps are behaving well, economy is usually doing well, and the rest of the markets follow. So just want to add that in real quick. It looks move. like it's actually bounced off there 10 times, that trend line. So it is a good trend line. It's a good one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really bounced a number of times. Yep, I agree, Sean. All right, so DraftKings. I, I talked about DraftKings. That's what I pivoted to because DraftKings is awesome, and it's been trading great all year. And we've got this level of 30 32 I mean, really $30, that is, I think, going to be kind of critical to get above. You see it's it's danced above and gotten all the way up to 3150 call it, uh, pretty consistently. So that would be the range between 30 and 3150 to kind of watch how the price action works. Um, you see a bit of a volume shelf there sticking out. And the the uh, moving averages, excuse me, 50-day and then 20-day are right there, just below 30. So we rejected a little bit there um, and want to see that move above for DraftKings. And that's that's really it. I, I like RSI has moved back up nicely. MACD is still positive, but, you know, kind of flattened out. Um, so I'm I'm hoping we can see a nice push above 30, get the bulls excited, retest it, and then there's your breakout trade, Sean. What do you think? We're going to get it? It's hard to say, right? I think um, it all depends on if the market opens quite nicely tomorrow, your your kind of smaller stocks stay move in that percentage-wise, obviously higher. And $30 is not that far percent, what, 3 4% maybe? I don't know the maths behind that. Um, but it's not that much to push it above 30. So if you can get above 30, maybe get to 31, uh, 30, 50, $30.50, um, and then maybe come down and retest it. I'll definitely be having a look there, that's for sure. Because like you say, you've got the, the two moving averages and, and the support line, slash resistance line at the moment. Um, but all it takes is one good push out of the gate for SPY for this stock to kind of activate on people's scanners. You know, the alerts go off on people's phones, the traders' phones. And then, right. you know, a little bit of volume comes in, DraftKings is off. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this stuff, that's for sure. I'm going to put it down on, on my notes. So you you highlighted it not before you jump in here, Kay. Um, the 50-day moving average and the 20-day moving average and the $30 level there all being right there at the same spot um, with volume at that price level. If we get above it and can, you know, like you said, bounce, you know, retest and bounce, that's the setup. The reason I like that so much is it will take a lot to get above there. So if it gets there and then holds, that's a really, like, in my mind, a very strong setup. At the same time, if it reverses there, I don't think it's going to pull all the way back like it's a terrible rejection. We could just continue sideways, right? So just a little bit different ways of thinking that. Um, yeah. yeah Kay, any, oh, go ahead, Sean. No, I was just saying, always think of the other side. You might have one perception of a chart, but always go against what you're thinking just because it gives you a bit of that security. And that's how you get your risk. Yep, that's a good, well said. 29.36 is where DraftKings closed Friday, by the way. I think I failed to mention that one. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I was just looking at the put-to-call. Um, so it's a little bit bullish uh, next week. Uh, it uh, went from 1.38 to 0.89. But the implied volatility has jumped from 15% to 48%. 
So this so that means that you will probably have a lot more premiums on uh, drafting if you're trading options. Oh, good call. So here we go. You get opportunities here to collect some cash. So we don't get big breakouts, right? Or also you've got the the cash secure puts like you, like you mentioned. So yeah, I love that. That's a good call. We haven't, I haven't really talked about that recently. So yeah, know that's, that's one of our favorites. Oh, we'll see what happens with DraftKings. We got football on in the background here, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hey, guys, uh, appreciate everybody who's already following on X. Um, I'm on Spaces quite a bit these days, or I try to be. I'll be on Monday through Friday this week um, at 8 a.m. Eastern. So check it out. If you're interested, you'll see me highlighted and you can join the space. Um, I also have my newsletter that I write for myself as well as for Wolf Financial. I'm a featured writer there. So if you're interested in reading about the markets, um, Definitely check out those newsletters. I also drop a lot of audio on the a Trader's Education. I'll drop some snippets from, from our talks on Sunday here, but also, you know, my ideas throughout the week. I like hearing audio, little shorts, uh, ideas about trades and markets in general. So check that out if you're interested in that kind of information. Enough about me. Do subscribe to uh, a, a Trader's, or excuse me, the Trading Triangle here. We do appreciate that. And with that, I'll hand it over to Kay. Hey, thanks, uh, Nate. Um, so we're keeping up with the spirit of uh, AMD. We have been doing AMD for a couple of weeks now. Um, interestingly, nice uh, yeah, I, I love AMD. And before I actually talk about the chart, and I have a little bit of a drawing here, but what I found very interesting in the put-to-call ratio, last week, the put-to-call ratio was one, which means equal number of put options, equal number of call options. The expiration for next week is also one equal number of put options and equal number of call options. This just goes to show that there is no decision-making going on here with uh, <laughs> the direction of the stock. But what is very interesting with um, um, AMD, AMD had a quick bounce off the 200 moving average. And, and that just showed how buyers stepped in because when AMD started falling through that wedge that we had, this downtrend line, it just started full, falling down and then we had this nice bounce off. Um, we have been running, at least I have been running on my personal trade with a $102 put. And that has been in play for a couple of weeks now. And when we saw this major decline in the stock price, I was like, all right, I have to keep rolling on until you know a point we have a bounce off. Now, finally, we have this bounce off from this trend line. We expect that there would be a key resistance level, which I feel like the your 50-day moving average might be a resistance level, and I'll probably want to get you know Sean and your um, take on it. Uh, volume, though I don't have the numbers listed here, but I looked at the volume before putting this chart together. The volumes were much lower, and then we saw this volume picking back up in the last two days, and that's why you saw, saw those massive two candles breaking up. Um, RSI is climbing, but it's like kind of flattening around at the last day of 49, which is also okay. We'll, we'll see how next week plays, but this is still a bullish sign. And I, as I always say, 102 for me has been a very good support level for uh, AMD. As long as it keeps above it, I'm confident you know we can see an uptrend, even if it's sideways trade uh, for a couple of days. What are, what are you guys looking at? I'll jump in here because I've been very excited about AMD. It's it's up like 9% just this past week. Well, you know, nothing else is really moving crazy like that. And it, and just like you were mentioning that, I drew out a wedge um, and the bottom end of that wedge is what we bounced right off of and moved right to the top of it and then rejected a little bit there. 
So now that you're, you've highlighted, I've, I've like almost ignored the moving averages, which is not a good thing. The fact that you highlighted the 200, uh, the 200 day simple moving average and the bounce there gives me even more confidence. So I think if we break above this, this line that you've got here, the resistance level, the, the trend line, that's the same trend line I've drawn. That's going to be huge and kind of similar to with DraftKings. It would be a nice uh, point that, you know, using the charts alone that you could take entry for a, a long position and a near-term trade. That's where my head's at. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, so you, you both mentioned the trend line kind of coming down from the, the kind of pink one at the top there. Of down where we are. I had the same trend line actually, um, and I have it sitting. So the red candle that was produced on Friday, as you can see there, the bottom of that is where I've got my trend line. Obviously, tit for tat, it doesn't really matter. Um, but generally, it looks like the 20 is acting as a little bit of support alongside that 102 line, um, which we've obviously been mentioning throughout this, this chat. But that 50, um, again, you mentioned I might think, be thinking about that, and I am thinking about that. But looking throughout the chart, it doesn't really respect the 50 too much. I mean, actually, no, it does. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. It does. It does. A couple it of does, times. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would be quite challenging. But I mean, with everything else behind it, so we had, like you say, we had a big move this week, uh, 9%, I think you said. But with everything underneath it, the trend line, the moving average, and the 102 level, I think that would be enough to kind of push it through the 50. I mean, I mean why not? Um, so I'd be looking for this definitely because it's already on my watch list anyway. But I'll be looking for, for that kind of that move for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, this is the classic example of a stock that, you know, not necessarily really sideways trade, but this is a stock that, you know, it's staying in a range. It's a pretty range bound stock right now at this point in time. You had you had a bigger big drop going down to 200 day moving average, bouncing off, coming back again, trying to break, you know, getting a 20 day support, uh, SMA support, and then maybe trying to break the 50 day. That's your range right now, and you can play. We still are tracking with our FIB level, so that's why the 102 comes out to be a nice support level. Uh, yeah. And that's where I have most of my put options open for AMD. I like that you mentioned that. We haven't talked about the FIB levels a lot lately, but there they are. Good call. Cool. All right. Keeping it yeah. moving, Kay. Yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. And this one is thanks to you, Nate. Uh, I did not even know that. about this stock until... You talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, so there's an interesting story on this one before I actually um, talk about the stock chart. So I was focusing on ExxonMobil as you know, we have covered ExxonMobil for a couple of weeks now. Uh, the idea was that ExxonMobil should drop and come around the 112, 113. That was where I wanted to get into it. ExxonMobil, you know, just broke through and, you know, had, you know, massive 120, $122 they hit last week. So it was out of my trade idea. So then I was looking at my watch list and I remember that SLB is one of the plays that I can look into it. Now, this is my first time in SLB, so I'm not very confident about the levels. I still drew a, a FIB chart and see where can I get in. But as I started doing some more fundamental research in the company, a couple of things that really point, you know, popped up for this company was like, so this is the largest provider of service and equipment using drilling, refining. So they provide that. They also have digital services to these energy companies and they are almost generating or close to generating three billion dollars by 2025 just by their digital business itself i i did not even know about this one really so oh, i love it i love yeah. it even you, you dove right in and did the research that's great yeah so suddenly i was like oh wow this is an amazing uh um company and it was never on my radar thanks to nate and i I'll, I'll, so what i did was i started looking at the chart 
And what I realized that the stock has been trading above the 20-day SMA since June. And with that said, we had this big, massive candle on Friday that it closed at 5830. It really sold off Friday, yeah. It sold off. But if I tracked Friday very closely throughout the day, the stock was fighting at a five-minute chart and at a 15-minute chart, the stock kept fighting to stay above $59. And I am hoping, this is, this is again my hope, that we can close above $59 for next week. We do have a lot of call options next week, expiration 10.6.85. Last week was 1.63 input to call ratio. So last week was more bearish on the energy and especially this company. We have a lot more, lot more call options for next week. And that's the reason I have a 59 put for uh, SLB uh, expiration next week. So that's, that's what I'm playing at. Um, if it falls, you know, you know, generally when you're in options trading, you can always roll those options. Um, that's what this is my first take on this stock. And maybe as, as I get a little bit more understanding on the range, I understand the price movement. I can be probably more confident on where the price is heading. So that's how I'm looking at it. How, what, what do you guys think? I love that you're in, you're taking a look at SLB here and 59 is the exact level that I'm staring at 2K. So your, your FIB levels here got 57.88, which has got me paying attention, right? I like, I don't want to ignore that. So, um, but yeah, 59 is what I had as well. And I really want to see a bounce here. If it, if it breaks down um, further, I think we could see continue selling and maybe get back near that 55 level before we find any additional support. So I think 59 is key. I think you nailed it. I would like to see a gap up on Monday. Uh, not a huge one, but just a bit of kind of... Um, Maybe off. the 59. Maybe right to 59. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because you want to get some interest into the stock and people are looking back at it. I mean, obviously people are looking at it, but more so because that, that candle on Friday just... I mean, if I saw that on a five-minute chart, I don't know what I'd think, you know? Um, but looking at that now, I mean, obviously you've got the two things below it, like you said, fifty that uh, FIB level. Um, and kind of on the 50 moving average, which is, which is good, um, which is why I want to see that that gap up because I want to see the reaction. I want to see it happen fast. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I want, I want so, to see a gap up on Monday morning. So okay, um, yeah, we might get that. That's interesting, Sean. Um, we might get a gap up if this is oversold. So I just pulled up my notes, and I don't know why this didn't strike me earlier in our conversation, but. What happened on Friday was the Biden administration unveiled the plan to phase down all the oil and gas um, auctions in, in, you know, quote unquote, federal waters. So um, I have, let me just read this. It says a maximum of just three sales in the Gulf of Mexico through the end of the decade and no planned federal rounds in the Atlantic, Pacific and Alaskan waters. So that is what drove the selling on Friday. And it'll be really interesting to see if we get you know, buyers coming in saying, okay, great. You, you guys sold the news. We'll come in buy this opportunity and hold that 59 level. Or if we get the opposite and continued selling based on this news. So very interesting. Yeah, that was very interesting because on Friday, I, I tracked the stock for a long time and there was so much fight at the 59 level. And then by the time, you know, it was past 2 PM, the stock just started sliding down. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it might be coming a great opportunity here because it, Hold back to this support level. So I like it. It's a great name to be watching in space. They, they, they're definitely a name that I think long-term is, is worth looking at, not just for short-term trades, but also appreciate you looking at that. It's good stuff. 
I think and even if on the even on the if you go back to the chart, even on the yeah. five five to fifteen minute level, um, five to fifteen minute time frames, if you're trading like day trading, of course, scalping that kind of thing, you could use that fifty nine as a temporary resistance point if you want to kind of trade that down for a few ticks. Um, so there's an idea there as well. Just good call, good yeah. call, something for everybody. That's what we bring exactly. <laughs> and Maybe. this is go ahead. Oh no no good you add to the chart. <laughs> yeah, that that those are two charts and that's pretty much it from my side. Oh, all right. Um, so I was just gonna say you can get more great information from Kate. We were talking about it before the show, and uh, he's got a great channel on YouTube as does Sean, right? So make sure you're checking them out. Kate also has a newsletter, so we talk about that often. And make sure you check that out. It's good stuff. And of course, follow us all on on X, on formerly known as Twitter. We try to put out great content every week. And I think, is that everything for the week? That is. That is, yes. So when you have as much fun as we do, it just kind of flies right by. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in yet again for another good time with the Trading Triangle. Heading into this next week, right? We don't have a lot of earnings news, but we do have earnings on the horizon. So I think we talked about some great support levels. I'll be looking for moves up and off of those levels, but also looking at, Sean, I think you and I pointed out 50-day moving averages as resistance on a couple of charts. So I'll be looking at that mm. as well. Um, and overall, um, you know, we didn't take a lot of trades last week. That's what I heard. And so I'll be looking to see if there's some good opportunities, but we don't want to get too anxious. The biggest thing I'm watching this week is if Sean will get three weeks in a row correct on the SPY. So <laughs> definitely interested about that. And uh, yeah, overall, another great time, guys. Appreciate it. Sean, what would you add as we head into the, the, the coming week for trading? Yeah, I think from a personal perspective, I think I'll be sitting out a little bit more as well, adding to swing trades. I've been looking at a few more opportunities on, on the kind of the longer term, um, which is why I took a bit more of a longer term approach on my charts today. Um, but generally, just kind of sitting back and looking at those kind of longer opportunities. So SoFi is one of them as well that I've got written down. DraftKings is actually one of those um, that you mentioned, obviously brought it up today, um, kind of really reaching kind of key levels. So it's just looking for those kind of longer opportunities as well, not only just kind of trading for the short term, but maybe trade for the long term. Um, but that's all I kind of have to add for, for the closing announcements here. That's good stuff. Appreciate it, Sean. And Kay, what about you? Um, I think uh, I will try to see to close out my open trades that are in play for last couple of weeks now. Uh, next week, that is the goal so that I can free up the capital and prepare for the earning season. That is the plan. Yep, got to be thinking a couple steps ahead, right? Stay ahead and trade well and get those profits before everybody else gets them. Anyways, that's the plan every week. I hope you guys have a great week of trading. Everybody that's tuned in, thanks again for subscribing. Smash the like button for the Trading Triangle. We'll be back next Sunday, and we'll have a lot more to talk about, I am sure. So thanks again. Oh, by the way, if things don't go well, Sean, and the prediction doesn't go well, we're going to blame the new office setup. Yes. And you guys will know next of week. If, if my week was bad and I'm back in the old setup, you'll know. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right, you said every week. <laughs> have fun. Have a good trading week, guys. Thanks again. Bye-bye.